Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 127 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, joined as always by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, the Toronto Blue Jays took the day off on Monday, came back home to the Rogers Center to our friendly confines, and played a two-game series with a team that is very close to us in the standings with the Philadelphia Phillies. We ended up splitting the two games one and one, but a lot of interesting things came out of this series as the Blue Jays gear up for a playoff push down the stretch, Riley. Um, we're going to talk about all that here on our episode, including good things that Yusei Kikuchi has done. Kevin Biggio is on fire out of nowhere. What? And so much more, including Santiago Espinal, Paul DeYoung, Prospect Notes, and so much more, Riley. But first, make sure you follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. If you are watching us on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. We are on a push for 500 subscribers, and we want you to be one of the first 500 to join our show. So please make sure we do that. But without further ado, Riley, what's up, man? How are we feeling after the Blue Jays two-game miniseries against Philly? Well, Jesse, of course, as I mentioned last time, I'm glad to be back. Uh, just yes. got back today. I was in cottage country. Unfortunately, I uh, was a little late to the party getting, um, you know, the results and stuff as, um, hey, I needed some well-earned uh, rest and relaxation, no cell phone service. But I guess you could say pleasantly uh, surprised uh, as of the results of the game and you know who played a factor in the in the win for us and you know who played a factor in the loss for us uh very surprised in, in a lot of different ways for our results mixed feelings of course a lot of days off uh you know day off game game and uh day off today obviously uh us recording on thursday before the weekend um Jesse, I mean, hey, the Phillies, if you want to talk about a team that matches us, I would say pretty well, it's the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, good team. And they, they threw Wheeler and they threw Nola. Um, yeah. Arguably, they're two best starters. I would say definitely they're two best starters. And we went with a guy who has Cy Young credentials and a guy who has Cy Young credentials. I'll say it right <laughs> there. You say Kikuchi has been a thing of beauty let's go uh, since the all-star break he has been an absolute he's he's, an, he's a whole different pitcher on the bump i don't know what it is the confidence is there he's got his swagger he only pitched six innings just you said 86 pitches that's still quite a bit for you say kikuchi i would like to see this guy go th go the seven especially how well with he was dealing only giving up four brace runners and striking out seven like he was he he was locating his fastball perfectly probably some of the best mm -hmm. i've seen you say uh locate the fastball and just working off that with the slider hey it was really good because that Phillies team man you cannot sleep on the Philadelphia Phillies you saw it in game two that, that at any time, you know, their lineup can pop an extra base hit. Yusei Kikuchi was the two-game series MVP. Sorry, not much to report on. But if you're going to talk about a guy who played the biggest factor in the win we got, it's got to be Kikuchi, man. Riley, this was the guy I was talking about when we started our show a year and a half ago when I wanted the Blue Jays to get on board. This is the guy I was thinking the Toronto Blue Jays could get. Throws 96-plus from the left-hand side. He's got the hammer curveball, the hammer slider, good cutter and change piece to mix with it. This is the guy I was imagining. And that's why it hurt me so much last year when he was getting hit hard and giving up all those home runs. But I'm finally so glad we are able to see it from Yusei Kikuchi, Riley. I'm going to share some stats about what he's done. Not only does he have the best ERA since the All-Star break, which is what we mentioned last episode when we talked about Yusei Kikuchi. He has now gone 
two earned runs or fewer in 12 of his last 14 starts, which is ridiculous. And I think it's one earned run or fewer in his last seven, Riley. And you mentioned the no walks for Kikuchi. That is the big plus forward. His walk rate is now the lowest of his career. And if this is the guy that's coming forward for us, this is going to be a great step. In fact, he's even impressed our manager, John Schneider. He said, quote, he was throwing lightning bolts in those first few innings, Riley. And I was there at the Rogers Center on Tuesday to watch Yusei Kikuchi pitch. And I would agree. They had the dome closed for a reason. And it wasn't because of rain. It was because of the lightning bolts that you see Kikuchi was throwing down at Philadelphia Phillies hitters, Riley. So it was some of the best, if not the best we've ever seen from uh, the Cooch man himself. So Riley, my question to you is before we get into the game recaps and other stories that happened this series, if the playoffs start tomorrow, you say Kikuchi is starting a game for this team, correct? Well, technically, if they start tomorrow, Gosman and Kikuchi need at least one day's of rest. Of course. And way then, to be technical. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's go technicalities aside. Um, you say Kikuchi for me right now is pitching in either game, like in the first two games. Yeah, it's either him or Gosman, right? I think you just named the two guys. Yeah. As far as the order goes, let's let's not forget what Kevin Gosman has done um, in in the last um, part of his career, especially with the Blue Jays. Let's not forget that and know how good Kevin Gosman can be. Uh, it would be lineup depending. Again, it's about who's got rest and whatever else. But right now, um, you want to name guys over like you want to name a guy over a Chris Bassett or over a Jose Barrios. Um, it's probably Kikuchi right now. Um, and I think if we said this two months ago, we'd be stoned to death mm-hmm. for saying something like this. I never but quit on the guy, man. Never quit I, I on mean, the guy. It's it's a it's the reality we live in right now um, that, yes, like, how long is this going to last? Well, Jesse, I don't really care. We're going to ride this out, whether this mm-hmm. is for the next five days or for the next five years of how good he's been. And it's the same thing with the hitter. When a guy's good, you got to play him. Yusei Kikuchi has been one of the guttiest pitchers right now in attacking hitters. He's throwing competitive pitches all over the place, locating his pitches well. And, of course, a lefty with the velocity he has. He is hard to handle. He showed that against a very good Philadelphia Phillies lineup. Like, yeah, absolutely starting uh, game two for me probably right now In if the postseason starts tomorrow. I'm with you, Riley. And I remember it wasn't so long ago that many Blue Jays fans wanted Yusei Kikuchi put to the bullpen when Hunjin Ryu came back. And that is not happening anymore. Riley, and the, we talked about the home runs being an issue for Kikuchi. That is now seven straight starts for Yusei Kikuchi without allowing a home run. Like, this guy is a completely new man right now. And remember in the offseason when we talked about Kikuchi and we were like, what is the plan for success for him? What is it going to look like? And we both brought up, well, Robbie Ray was here. He won a Cy Young award with the Blue Jays in 2021. Like that's what success is going to look like for Yusei Kikuchi. And our friend on Twitter, Chris Black, I've mentioned him before, took what you um what Robbie Ray did in his five best starts with the Toronto Blue Jays versus what Yusei Kikuchi is doing here right now. And the pitch mix for the two look extraordinary the same. 51% pass ball, 45% breaker, 5% change. It's been roughly the same for each. And the location of those pitches was actually better for Yusei Kikuchi in this five-star stretch than it was for Robbie right in his Cy Young Award season. Riley, I am in. I am buying the juice on Yusei Kikuchi. Hey, and you got, like you said, if you really look at them and comparatively, Robbie Ray was a guy who has struggled with the walks uh, Mm -hmm. throughout his career. It might be a hard-throwing left-hander problem, but if you can get that to work, I mean, it's it's a recipe for destruction in a good way for our Toronto Blue Jays. If Yusei Kikuchi can keep this up 
through, um, you know, basically to end the year, like it's, it's almost September. It's almost September, and we're we're now kind of yeah drinking the juice on Yusei Kikuchi, and you want to talk about X factors. We always talk about X factors at the start of the year. Yusei Kikuchi is probably this team's biggest X factor right now, and it's been just not sheer dominance on the bump because he's not going eight innings. But when he's in the ballgame, Jesse, you feel a lot different than you did to start the season. I think – and the confidence goes with Yusei Kikuchi as well. I think he knows how good he's been, and I hope he continues to ride that out. I think he will, Riley. Now, before we get into the other players here, let's get over the game recaps, as we do, for those of you who haven't been listening at home. But as we kind of mentioned, the Jays game won on Thursday. They won 2-1. to one. Kikuchi was awesome, like we said. The Jays were down one nothing when the Jays had two men on and nobody out. And then after Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit into a double play, George Springer had a clutch RBI. The go-ahead run would later come into score in the eighth inning, thanks to a Kevin Biggio hit by pitch. Thank you for the big feet, Kevin Biggio. They came in handy in this game. He ended up reaching base three times. Whit Merrifield had two more hits, two hit wit, did it again. And Brandon Belt reached base twice in this game too. And the bullpen was key in this one. Three innings pitch, no hits, one walk, six strikeouts, including two from um, Jordan Romano in his first game back and three in a row from Jordan Hicks. It was the Toronto Blue Jays' 27th comeback win of the season. And in game two, in the, in the final one, um, Kevin Gosman was not at his best. The Jays lose this game 9-4 to four against the Phillies. Seven hits, five runs, three of them earned, and three walks in five and a third innings for Kevin Gosman. His three walks were the third most he's allowed all in a start all year. And the Jays had a lead after three innings, though. Dalton Varsho had a clutch two-run home run, and Kevin Biggio continued his hot streak with a two-run single of his own. But the bats went cold after that. Jay Jackson and Bowden Francis pitched in relief. Both gave up solo home runs. So after the series, Riley, the Jays sit with a record of 67 and 55. We're seven and a half games back of Baltimore for the AL East. And we're three games behind Houston for the second wildcard spot. And after this weekend, Riley, we are only half a game up on the Seattle Mariners if they've just run through the Kansas City Royals with about six weeks or so to go, Riley. So I guess we can touch on the state of the team or we can keep going into players that we thought impressed us this series. Where do you want to go? I mean, hold that thought on state of the team and let's just talk about um, the series for one guy who's, you know, it, it seems like an unlikely hero, an unlikely way to end the game. The base are loaded and you walk or get hit by a pitch. I believe if you walk, it's an RBI. Uh, I'm going to guess if you get hit by the pitch with the bases loaded and that run scores, is it not an RBI as well? Either way, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Kevin Biggio is at the plate and he's already walked twice in this game. And I asked you what those pitches were like, and it doesn't matter in in my head. It's like, okay, yes, I would like to say and and dig deep on, okay, where were those pitches? Because if we're talking about Kevin Biggio and walks, this is something uh, that uh, this was a juicy conversation back in 2018, uh, talking about Kevin Biggio's plate discipline, um, almost all but forgotten, um, you know, unless you're still really high on the guy as far as, you know, what he can do and how he approaches his plate appearances. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter. He takes two walks and, you know, a slider comes in on him. He gets hit in the foot, takes first base. He, you know, they walk home a run. It's a crucial run. And then, you know, he gets a timely hit in the second game of the series. Uh, you know, not not to be in vain. He had a very good series. I mean, he was on base five times. That's yeah, in two, in, in two games. That's, that's good. you know, nothing yep. to take too lightly. And it's Kevin Biggio. Uh, this is a player that has been very much under the spotlight 
course. Last year, we acquired Whit Merrifield. There's Santiago Espinal still in the the equation. Um, And you kind of got to thinking, what of Kevin Biggio? And of course, you know, we acquired De Jong at the deadline. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this kid, I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, had some pretty good games early on, Davis Schneider. So the question with Kevin became, what of Kevin Biggio? And now for me, it's like, that's, you know, irrelevant now. He's playing well. You put him in the lineup. Pretty self-explanatory for me. We'll probably t- if we don't touch on Dijon and Espinal, they have not been great at the plate. And we'll get to for them me, later in this episode. Wit's, a fr- Wit's been playing left field. He's been doing just fine. And Biggio uh, playing his his array of positions has been also has also been doing just fine. And I want Biggio in the lineup. Um, I know that there was right-handers against him. I know that he has looked not so good against lefties. Um, so maybe play it matchup-wise. But I'm for hey for the two-game series and what Kevin did, he gets an easy thumbs up for the position player. He made the win happen, and yeah, drove in drove in a couple runs in game two. That's nice to see. It's probably a huge confidence booster for Kevin because God know he he needs it. I know I've told uh, this story on the podcast before about Kevin Biggio was probably in our early days, but uh, he does have a 427 on base percentage since the all-star break, Riley. That is second in the American League. Like You are not taking Kevin Biggio out of the lineup right now, even against lefties. The follow-up from that is, I guess, um, that means David Schneider is not going to play because you're not taking Whit Merrifield out of this lineup, like you mentioned, and you're not taking Kevin Biggio out of this lineup. That means unless David Schneider can play third base, which I don't think he's played a lot of in the minors, and Matt Chapman's coming back anyway. Like... Eh, I don't think there's room for David Schneider. So we'll talk about that as we go further. But I want to tell this Kevin Biggio story. And it's back in 2018 when he was a rookie. He was in New Hampshire, right? And we always talked about how his plate plate discipline was such a skill for him that he took a ball on the outside of the plate. And I think this was around the time they were trying like an automated strike zone. So it was like robots calling the zone. Kevin Biggio took a pitch on the outside. Umpire called it a strike because, well, the machine thought it was a strike. Kevin Biggio looked at him, turned to him, and was like, no, that's wrong. That was not a strike. And the umpire is like, well, this is like robots calling this thing. Like, of course it's a strike. It turns out Kevin Biggio was actually right. And the Blue Jays computer uh, calibration system of the strike zone was actually wrong. That's how good Kevin Biggio's eye was from such a young age. So I know I've told that story before, but I wanted to share it again here. Riley, let's get into that middle infield log jam a little bit here as well. You've kind of touched on it already, but Santiago Espinal, Riley, did not look good in this series. He made a real bad error at third base, which led to, at the time, the tying run and the go-ahead run score. And if Gosman gets out of that inning, maybe his line looks better too. And the Blue Jays ultimately couldn't rally from that. Plus, he has two extra base hits this past month. And like, even if you aren't going to send him down for somebody else, Ernie Clement, who has been playing third base for the Buffalo Bisons, has a WRC plus of 140, hitting 349, 405, 555 with double-digit home runs and steals. That is an option. Paul DeYoung, Riley, three for 44 with no walks and a 40% strikeout rate since his trade over to the Toronto Blue Jays. We have Bo Bichette, who is tearing up um, his rehab assignment right now. He is ready to go. He will be back. Matt Chapman should be back from his thumb injury anytime soon. I want to see David Schneider get more at-bats here, Riley. What are we going to do with both Santiago Espinal and Paul DeYoung? Is there time as a Toronto Blue Jay? Is it over? Man, I think that, uh, damn, I feel bad for Paul DeYoung. This is a guy who's... Uh, 
have been, you know, maybe not a well-known shortstop for our, you know, small American League East minds. Um, but for, you know, the National League Central, uh, he was probably one of the best shortstops going for, you know, five, four or five years. And he comes to Toronto, maybe not always, um, you know, the most consistent with the bat, but he's all just but all just but fallen out of the sky um, at the plate. And I feel bad for him because there isn't much we can do. Once Bo, once Bo gets back, Paul DeYoung's really irrelevant. And um, yeah, Espinal defensively at third didn't, didn't cut it. That's a play I would like to think that Matt Chapman makes. Yeah, and, and we always um, take Matt Chapman's <laughs> defense for granted because he makes that we play do. in sleep, right? And there was another play, uh, hug the line. Um, maybe Matt Chapman doesn't get to that ball, uh, but he gets a better reaction time than Espinal, who, I mean, I'm not going to say he looked lost out there. He's not a third baseman. He's a very guy. When he played short, I enjoyed watching him play short. He's a good middle infielder, but he's not a corner guy. And hey, I'll give I'll give an excuse me for your middle infield guys. They're not supposed to hit as well as maybe your third and first baseman. So when we're putting Espinal on third and compensating that for what his bat should be for a corner infielder, he's nowhere near the extra base power. Um, and yeah, I don't know about Schneider's defense either for third base, but it wouldn't be a bad idea either way, Jesse. The problem, the log jam right now is solved by getting Bo Bichette back and getting Matt Chapman back. Those are two all-star left side infielders um, who are going to work wonders for this team. Yes, maybe Matt Chapman does not have it with the bat this year. Yeah, but he he's, had better a hot start. <laughs> he's better than yeah. Espinal and defensively, he's almost second to none. And then Bo Bichette, uh, a travesty. Probably not going to get to 200 hits this year because he was hurt. And of course, you know, I probably jinxed it by saying that he's one of the best hitters in the league at getting bat off ball. Unfortunate that way. But uh, we need Bobichet in the lineup because, I mean, he can with runners on base, with runners not on base. Bolbachet has been the guy. He's been this team's MVP this year, and he needs to come back. And, you know, that will cut the the 0 for 4s for Espinal. That'll cut the 0 for 3 for 37 Paul DeYoung with 40% strikeout rates. That just that's inex those are inexcusable numbers, Jesse. And we can't where we are in the standings, we can't have that. Yes. Exactly. Um, if we expect to advance, like, look, we're not trying to stay the same. Jesse, there are teams sneaking right up on our uh, on us right now. We need to improve our record, not just uh, remain 500 for the rest of this year because we don't know what's going to happen, man. We yeah. need to we need to build up some wins. Look, um, the Blue Jays have always been good at asset management. They don't want to trade for Paul DeYoung and just chuck him off and DFA him like a month later. They're stubborn, like I'm kind of stubborn, so they're not going to do that. I think. Um, Espinal has two minor league options available. I think it's very well likely that he will be going down to Buffalo, getting some time there and the blue Jays roll with everybody else. Um, I do think too, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's winning time now, right? We can't afford. I want to thank Santiago Espinal for the work he did in the first half of 2021. The blue Jays are not making that playoff push that year without him. He got to the all-star game. That is fantastic, but that is not the player he is anymore. And I do think his time with the team is coming to an end here. Unfortunately, um, Riley, I wanted to talk about the, Bull, or do you have a thought on Kevin Gosman start here before we move on to the bullpen? Uh, just real, just real quick. We know that he's got, we know that he's got better. And on, and honestly, Jesse, the control wasn't great. He got hit fairly hard, but, uh, but the, Hey, 
the Phillies are a good team. Let's not let's not say that it was all Gosman not pitching great. Just a bad combination of he didn't have his best day and the Phillies bats were hot, which is that's hey, that's gonna happen, man. If it weren't for like the Atlanta Braves are the best team in baseball. And I would I would say that, you know, the uh, Phillies might have a better record or stand at the top of a division if, if it's not for the Atlanta Braves. So, I mean, hey, I'm going to hold Kevin Gosman to it. He'll come back and, uh, you know, his next few starts are going to probably look a lot better than this one um, in, the, in yeah. the second game. I am buying the dip. I'm still in on the Kevin Gosman Cy Young train. Just a little unlucky. He did complain about the ump. I know we are an umpire-friendly show over here, but... Uh, Sometimes it's frustrating when you aren't getting those strike calls like Kevin Gosman should have gotten in this game. Uh, Dalton Varsho had a two-run home run, Riley. He looks looked pretty good. He's played good center field just as we expected. He's attacking the fastball more. So just store that in the mental break. When you are watching this upcoming series against Cincinnati, watch how Dalton Varsho attacks the fastball. I think some good things are coming there. And I want to do some bullpen thoughts, Riley, because Jordan Romano came back. He immediately got the save. Three up, three down, two strikeouts. His 29th of the season, his 90th of his career for Jordan Romano. And now that he's been back, we've mentioned Jay Jackson now has given up solo home runs in two of his, uh, his last three appearances. I wanted to get a thought on the bullpen and where do you rank these guys? Because the Blue Jays still, as good as their bullpen has been, they have a lot of names for not so many spots. So if we are rostering seven or eight guys and September call-ups are still about two weeks away, right? Who's the odd man out here? Jordan Romano, Jordan Hicks, Eric Swanson, Tim Meza, Jimmy Garcia, Genesis Cabrera, Nate Pearson, Trevor Richards will be back soon. He's on a rehab assignment in Buffalo. Chad Green is also on his rehab assignment in Buffalo and Bowden Francis. So out of those guys, I guess, rank them. So we're going to go, obviously, who's going to close games. We saw it. He came back. Fans loved it, Jesse. I'm sure you were screaming on oh, your feet I was. when yep. he entered that. That's a, that's a, by the way, Jesse, I don't think I need to tell you, but that's another uh, one run save for Jordan Romano. Yes. And he's had a ton yeah, of those. This he's year. had a ton of those. R- Romano's the guy in the ninth. If you want to talk about your traditional eighth inning setup, man, we're going to go with Jordan Hicks right now. I think so. He looked dominant in this series. Yeah. Three up, three down, three strikeouts. You want to, and then for the next next three guys as far as leverage, and I, I, I would say no particular order, but there is a particular order. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Garcia. Second, yep. I'm going to go Tim Meza. Yep. Third, I'm going to go Swanson. So Swanson's that moved down us, to fifth in your pen there. Yeah. Hey, okay. and and that's and I'm fine with that. And I'm going to throw in and the next guy after Swanson is going to be Cabrera. That yep. that's six. That's six guys right there. And Jesse. Um, I mean, Jay Jackson for a, a while looked un, unbeatable. I'm going to say that two home runs and two relief appearances isn't the end of the world. But yeah, this isn't this is this is a hard Blue Jays bullpen to crack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. I'm going to want to see Chad Green pitch. Chad Green is a weapon. And he will fit so nicely. We have gone from having, I would say, you know, we've, the, the Jays, besides getting Romano, we have never had a ton of hard throwers in our bullpen, Jesse. And now we're, we have Romano who came up with us. We traded for Jordan Hicks. And in a short time, we'll have Chad Green. I don't 
if he'll get the 99, um, 90 stuff, but he certainly throws around your 95, 96. That'll be just nice with the, uh, with a two seamer. That's also, uh, almost just as fast as a four seam in velocity. Uh, so I really want to see him two lefties there. Hey, uh, if I'm going over, uh, I might have to slot Richards back. That yeah, leaves. Yeah, he's got to be here. That's got to. That's going to leave a guy like Francis out for now. That's going to leave a guy like Nate Pearson out, um, and possibly Jay Jackson too. And I don't. Hey, you know what? Pearson's done fantastic, but I'm going to go bat based off of previous track records. And if Chad, if Chad Green doesn't have it, Jesse, then there's not a spot for him right now. Yeah, but you got to see what you have in him, right? Like you have to. You, you oh, you have to see what you have in in him. He was a guy who was closing games for the New York Yankees. That says something mm-hmm. about a major league pitcher. If you've closed games for the Yankees, you've been a somebody in this league at one point or another. Chad Green might be more relevant now, but let's see if we can bring his relevance back and and putting him in an already. I won't say lethal, but a very competitive Blue Jays bullpen that Chad Green could have a huge impact to as well with a guy with the addition of Genesis Cabrera, with the addition of Jordan Hicks, and if with um, Jordan Romano back from injury. We've really improved on our bullpen. I think we're going to get a lot better towards the end of this season. Yeah, it's a numbers game, like you said, and it's a good problem to have. Have too many good pitchers for not enough spots, Riley. Uh, Chad Green pitched for the Yankees for seven years. He has still yet to allow an earned run at Rogers Center, and that is still absolutely bonkers to me as a stat. As much as I want to see Nate Pearson, as much as I think throwing 101 out of that bullpen could be a weapon for him in the playoffs, I think you're right. He's just getting caught up in the numbers, but we'll see how things go. One injury away can change all of this, but good problem to have with the Blue Jays' bullpen that has too many good arms for not enough spots. Riley, down on the farm, Ricky Tiedemann is back. He's joined the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. He had a first start since his rehab assignment was over today his day is done he went three and two-thirds innings pitch three hits two earned runs one walk five strikeouts i do think he did pitch better though than his final line would suggest he left the game with runners on first and second and two out was pulled and then the reliever came in and allowed both runs to score i'd wager ricky tiedemann is so good he probably would have got out of that i think our time is done with his injury that we'll see him on the team this season but he's going to be the talk of spring training next year just like he was the talk of spring training this year and i'm excited to see what the blue jays have in their number one pitching prospect we have gone from talking about a lot of veteran relief pitchers and um there's jesse when you talk about pitchers there's always a question mark young guys are so fun to dream on and bank on Mm -hmm. um and can ricky tiedemann be the guy we've had a guy like yusei kikuchi a veteran international signing uh who we traded for from the mariners he's really stepped up this year we have our our you know are basically a resurrection of Roy Halladay in a sense with Alec Manoa, who has floundered this year. Mm-hmm. Pitching has been really strange this year. I think if that injury does not happen to Ricky Tiedemann, um, we could be talking about some different, some different layouts um, in September. And I'm not going to push it and say that, oh yeah, he's going to be here. He's going to be here. Cause we don't know that Jesse. But uh, and we do, we can't just forget about it. I mean, but the likelihood is he's going to be sp- a spring training ready and he has a real he has a real chance to make the roster 
And you just hope, and I'm not saying if he makes a roster that something has gone wrong, but Jesse, the pitchers that we already have, you would like them to already make the roster because it means they have been pitching well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hey, and I like to see a young guy come up too, um, because it's been a hits. We have not had too many. I mean, guys like Dave Steve, Roy Halliday, they're, you know, they're diamonds in the rough for our franchise. So anytime we have our own drafted pitcher that stays and does well, we love things. I personally love things like that. I would love to see him make the roster out of camp. Um, but yeah, just if he, you know, ha- he had a, you know, a lackluster start, whatever. He's a 20 year old kid. He's going to improve. The sky's the ceiling for him. Can't wait to see him with the big league club one day. Yeah. Also, if you were listening to this episode on Friday, it is Ricky Tiedemann's 21st birthday. So happy birthday to Ricky Tiedemann. Um, before we get out of here today, I do want to say this is episode 127, and we've been doing some fun numbers with the numbers 127, and there are some good ones for this episode here. That is the number of doubles that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has in his career. It is also the number of double plays that now a uh, person in the level of excellence, Jose Bautista, grounded into with his time with the Toronto Blue Jays. And it's exactly how many starts that Jay Happ and Ricky Romero both made for the Toronto Blue Jays. So 127 is that number. 127 in hitter war for the Blue Jays. Oh, Let me guess, on. Jesse. Let me guess, Jesse. You yeah. give me, you tell me, you tell me a decade and you tell me a position because I've been thinking about this all day. You give me a decade, you give me a position. A decade in a position? Yeah, for this hitter. For the hitter war. Okay, I'm into this. So 127 in hitter war. This person was an outfielder slash DH. He played in the mid-2010s for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, wow. Mid-2010s, outfielder slash DH. I think he DH'd more than played outfield, but I will look that up. Okay, so uh, it's escaping me right now. Wow. Um, He was on on the playoff teams, though, the 2015 playoff team for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, I'm blank and hard right now. He was in a first baseman. It's not a Chris Colabella. Well, we yeah, already it, did him. It, we did him, but because this list kind of fluctuates a little bit, that one does change. So, yes, Chris Colabello is the answer for this one. Uh, this next Bravo. one, pitcher war, Riley, is going to be tougher. Um, 127 in Blue Jays pitching war. He only threw 68 innings with the team in 1990. So, good luck. Oh, um, <laughs> the old Foghorn Anderson. I don't know. <laughs> Shot in the dark. I did not know who this player was. His name is Willie Blair, who threw 68 um, innings for the Toronto Blue Jays. Not a in chance. 1990. He started six games. He was in the bullpen. He was kind of a swingman for the Toronto Blue Jays in 1990. So um, if you're a Blue Jays fan of that decade, so leave something in the comments about uh, Willie Blair, if you have a good memory of him and his time with Toronto. Yeah, well, I have no idea. Colabello, though, yep, uh, definitely. And uh, steroids for the guy, too, got suspended mm-hmm. and never never made a resurgence for uh, for the league. So that's too bad. But, hey, that's what happens. Don't do steroids unless, you know, unless it saves the game um, of baseball <laughs> once upon a time. And then, and then we approve it, Jesse, and then we approve it. So is that the official Buds and Blue Jays stance? Don't do drugs unless they make you so much better. Ah, no, 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 no. If they, if they, if they, if they help ratings, if I they think help ratings. What, sure. I think that's what the league was going for, man. And Hey, one of my favorite stats, Sammy Sosa hits three years with 60 or more home runs. And yeah. I've always, I, I don't think I've ever said this, and this is way off topic, but I just want it to be known publicly that if you convert that to let's say take away 10 home runs, that's uh, three years in a row or three years and four, three 
three and four years where he has 50 plus. I think personally, and ridicule me, ridicule the hell out of me if you disagree with it. I think Sammy Sosa, Sammy Sosa is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, me too. I'm just, just going to just gonna put it out there. And I know yep. that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, it's just I care about what you did on the field. We've had the Hall of Fame debate. We'll have it again this offseason. But yes, I yeah. agree he should be in the Hall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Scott Rowland got in. So that's for me. I, it's been a good year. Mm-hmm. that'll do it for episode here today guys thank you everybody for tuning in the blue jays are heading into the state of ohio and are beginning a three-game series with the cincinnati reds riley the last time the blue jays were there was 2014 and uh, i think Mudanari kawasaki was batting leadoff for the toronto blue jays at that time so it's been a long time since we visited great american small park as i like to call it uh the reds good team the blue jays are going to have to play well we are getting healthy let's say get in there let's win this series and let's get on a run because seattle is hot on our back is there anything you want to add about that series or anything else before we call our episode here today. I think I saw you retweet something on the the yeah. Buds account there for the lineup, and I think I had a rare Juan Francisco sighting. Yeah, third in base that hitting seven. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. I that uh, hey that's uh, that's a name there. Uh, Colby Rasmus, of course, was in that in that lineup. Not one of our better teams, but um, all the same, Jesse. There is probably no active MLB player on that team right now i can't imagine <laughs> so blue jays you uh, would be correct yes i'm sure i'm sure yeah. i would be but hey it's a different it's a different time nine years ago was for this franchise and look at all the young talent we have man hey you know what playing a playing a team we don't always play against in cincinnati and i think uh the great american ballpark or whatever you want to call it i think cincinnati i think the nl central has really nice baseball parks. You were at Wrigley this year, PNC, or sorry, you're at PNC. PNC. You're at PNC. Wrigley's beautiful. Cincinnati's got a good park. And uh, Bush Stadium, I think, is probably... Uh, I've done a lot of listening to MLB player interviews. I think they say Bush Stadium's their favorite. So go into a nice ballpark, Jesse. Can't beat that. Hopefully we walk out of there with some wins. And it would be nicer with a sweep of the Reds is all I ask for. We'll be back on Sunday night to recap the series. Until then, guys, let's go Blue Jays. Thanks, guys.